We're going to be reading verses 27 to 31. We're in our series, which is not in the prayer. Tonight is the prayer service, but we're using tonight as a um, part of our Road to the Cross series so that we can all truly observe in our spirit, in our minds, in our soul, the journey of Jesus on his way to the cross. In order for us to truly appreciate the resurrection, which is coming this coming Sunday, um, my sole purpose was to also remind us of the suffering. Now, as I got to study the suffering, it's surely not easy. You know, it's um, being in pain is not something that's pleasurable, correct? It's the opposite of pleasure. It's easier said than done when we say, I always say it, you won't know happiness until you know what sadness is, correct? So that's the same with Jesus. We won't know the, the happiness or the joy of the resurrection if we don't know what he went through. And uh, Let me begin reading the verse and then we'll say a word of prayer. Uh, the governor's... Uh, the title is Jesus Scourged and Shamed, but the title of our message is All for You. Verse 27, the governor's soldiers stripped off Jesus' clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They make a crown out of thorn branches and placed it on his head. And they put a stick in his right hand. The soldiers knelt down and pretended to worship him. They made fun of him and shouted, Hey, you, king of the Jews. Then they spit on him. They took the stick from his hand and beat him on the head with it. When they had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the robe. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the robe. They put on his clothes back on him and led him off to be nailed to a cross. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, tes the testimony that uh, Brother Will have shared with us in saving um, his mom, Lord God, and saving another soul, Lord, and, and us knowing about it and us being uh, blessed by it. We, we are grateful. We thank you for the songs and the singers that you provided for us tonight. We thank you for this building and this service that you have given to us, you provided for us in order for our souls to be fed by your word. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to teach us and to reveal to us whatever it is that you want us to learn and accept of everything about your truth, about your journey, about your experience, because of your love for us. Guide me now, Lord God. Anoint me. Open your people's hearts and their minds. Be with us and be pleased with us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Um, so the, the title of the message is All For You, and uh, this is a message on the scourging as Jesus, uh, as a prelude to the crucifixion. Uh, why? Why is it important? Because when we have looked at the cross all the time, when we see someone or we see something all the time, we tend to take it for granted, correct? It's not like it's not there. We just don't notice it. And I think... My, I have a sneaky suspicion that we have the same thing as Christians when, we, when it comes to the cross. Somehow we don't really see it anymore. 
or we see it, but we've it lost its significance. Now, um, you know, this Ukraine war, I don't know if you're like me, do you find yourself changing your feed or the channel right away when you see the Ukraine war because it's just too g- gruesome or sometimes maybe maybe you feel like it's irrelevant or it's just boring, right? It's horrific maybe. You know, there's our, some war scenes are, if, if you love movies and you've, you like war movies, the, those scenes become, you get desensitized by it. And then the horror of it, it loses the horror because you're used to it, correct? The slap of uh, Will Smith to, to, uh, on uh, slapping Chris Rock during the Oscars, for some people, they were, they were shocked. They were horrified by that. But for some Filipinos who grew up with, in the family that people get slapped all the time, you're like, hmm, it's an everyday thing. You know, this, these people just happen to be actors in a bigger stage. Because there is a certain, this, you know, you get used to it or not, right? So the cross maybe has that same effect towards us Christians. Because we know it was for us, because Jesus died for our sins, and then three days later, he resurrected anyway, and then we were saved by grace, and then when we die, we're, we're going to go to heaven. You know, those are all great truths, but I said it in a tone where it's just, I'm going to go in my car, I'm going to start the car, I'm going to go to work. It's like, because it's easy, it's an everyday thing, it's nothing, it has lost its meaning. And it's always good for us to be reminded of what it really took Jesus for us to be saved. Now, we have looked at the cross so much that we really don't see it. And then we change channels for another channel because the news is just horrific. Now, now there's, um, bless you, you know, uh, crucifixion was so horribly cruel that no Roman citizen, regardless of his or her crime, could be crucified. Did you guys know that? Now, even Pontius Pilate hesitated to put a man he thought was innocent through it, which is Jesus, because Pilate really knew he had a feeling that Jesus was not guilty or was not deserving of the crucifixion. When a man was handed over to the soldiers to be crucified, they spent a little, a little time making fun of their victim. Jesus, being a despised Jew and claiming to be the king of heaven, was the ideal target. So they mocked him. They beat him and they spit on him in mock worship. Church, the horror of the scourging and the suffering of Jesus before the crucifixion was the fact that they were insulting our Lord. I think we have lost that. We have forgotten that. Because up to now, I think up to now, when somebody spits on you, on us, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect. And our Lord took that. And they were making fun of him because during that time, uh, they make fun of people, the crazy people in town. That's how horrible that society is. And I don't know if we're any better. But, you know, the, the town crazy, they make fun of him. But because of the crucifixion being so hor- horrific, they would not make fun of the victim. But only when it was Jesus. 
when they added the torment of mocking him. Now, the background of this is uh, this man they dragged into their barracks did not look human. And look at this. Um, can we go to Isaiah, please? Um, Isaiah 52, 14. Um, it says here, everyone who saw him was horrified because he suffered until he no longer looked human. Isaiah was talking about Jesus. Folks, have you seen those? In the Philippines, they, they would show that. Binugbog ng taong bayan. You guys have seen the TV patrol when somebody does something and then they would beat them up. And I would be horrified on how those guys would look like. It's just swollen. And here, this is no exaggeration because this is written, he no longer looked human. In Gethsemane, thinking about the cross, he broke out in a bloody sweat. He was covered in dried blood, and that is why the soldiers who came to the garden to arrest him fell back when they saw him. At some point, his beard being jerked out, he said, and in Isaiah 50, verse 6, I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the human reaction is, when somebody spits at you, you move, right? You move and you cover or you strike back, right? But Jesus didn't do any of that. He neither moved. He neither struck back. He didn't even say a word. Worst of all, Jesus had been scourged probably by these same soldiers. Many victims never made it to the cross bay because they died of the scourging. That's the that's a history from uh, Josephus, or Josephus, or Josephus, and um, the scourge was a Roman whip with leather straps attached to a wooden handle. And we will see this when we watch the. If you've seen the Passion of the Christ, you have an idea. In the end of the straps, there were tied bits of metal and bone. The victim was stripped naked and stretched out by being strung up to a post. One soldier stood to hit him from behind. One soldier stood to hit him from the front. So two soldiers, front and back. When they would come down to strike the flesh, the pieces of bone and metal would catch in the skin. So then they jerk it back. They would rip out the blood and flesh. By the time you had 39 lashes like that on the back and on the front of victims, um, the victim's intestines and internal organs were exposed and pieces thrown in all directions by the whip. Arteries and veins were hanging out. This is what they did to our Lord. Can you think of the 39 lashes to the back? How about the 39 lashes to the front? Because that's not total of 39, that's 39 each. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet, feet skin was jerked from his body. Was it the bits of bone and metal on the scourge that ripped out his beard? How many lashes hit the beautiful face of Jesus, pulling out his beard? Because he says there, my beard was pulled out. Only God's providence kept a bone from being broken and his eyes from being jerked out. Because it, right, it was written in Isaiah 54, 52, 14, tells us when they were through with this dirty work, 
many were horrified at what happened to him because he suffered until he no longer looked human. The soldiers had to do a job. They, had to, they, had, they were just doing their job. They could say that, right? They should have just done it. Take him, bind him, go get the other two, give them the crosses, lead them through the streets, go to Golgotha, nail them to the crosses, sit down and wait for the death. That was it. Just a simple routine job. You know, it sometimes took days for victims to die. Most went insane before they died because the heat and the thirst and the insects eating their wounds and the unquenchable pain meant stark, raving mad. It was a bad enough job, but itself, that was enough. But if you read it, if you read it again, there was no account there where Jesus slept. From, the cap, from him being captured from the Garden of Gethsemane through the trials and the trials, that he went through six trials altogether. And then straight to the scourging, then to the carrying of the cross, and then to the cross. It makes me question sometimes why I complain when I'm tired. <laughs> what am I complaining about? But Jesus went through all of this. Why so much added injury? Because Jesus was different. You know, Jesus did not curse them. Jesus did not spit back at them. He had not shown hate on his face. They may have thought, the guys that were hurting Jesus, they may have thought he was a, a wuss. A man would spit back, right? A man would curse back. They were probably thinking he wasn't a man. They might, may have thought that he was a little scared Jew. Let's see, they said, if we can make him spit back at us. Let's see if we can make him cry. Let's see if we can make him curse us. So we're not just going to crucify him. Let's... Take him into the barracks and have a little fun with him. Because that's what happened. That was not needed. The, the robe, the mocking of the robe, and the, the crown of thorns, that was not needed. That was in addition to because they really hated the fact that he was a Jew and he was claiming that he was a king. And the Romans hate the Jews because the Jews hate the Romans. Our, our Lord went through this. The hardest part of Jesus' sufferings, you're wondering. Now, I believe that this is one of the saddest and most shameful scenes in all the scripture was when they mocked him. Women are gone at that time. These are just men talking. They took the greatest, strongest man who ever lived and made him into a clown. That's what it was. It was a mockery. It was a comedy. They were having fun in the expense of Jesus. The first thing they did was grab his clothes and rip them off. Off that battered body already, broken. Bringing more blood out. He sat there looking like a raw piece of meat. Sitting there with no clothes on. Look at that king. He needs a robe. So they found an old, dirty, filthy, nasty robe somewhere, and they shook the dirt off it, and it was red, but they made it purple of the king, and they wrapped it around his shoulders. And then they said, a king needs a scepter. So they found an old stick, and then they stuck that in his hand and had him sitting there like a clown. A king needs a crown, 
There were 25 different kinds of thorn bushes in Palestine. They went outside and found one and made into a crown of thorns and pressed it down upon his head. Um, Mikey, can you please get, grab that crown, uh, th- crown of thorns in the office, please? I forgot to bring it out. The, the spikes went into his head and the top of his head and ears. Nothing did Jesus say. After all this, Jesus was not saying a word. He needs some subjects. So one by one, they would bow down before him and they would say, Hail, King of the Jews. And every time they were waiting for him to spit or to curse or to hit them back with that stick. All they saw was his sad eyes. They said, we'll get him. We'll just beat beat the bejesus out of him. And they grabbed the stick and they beat his head with it. That was what's written down. We're just trying to emphasize it. But then there was no broken bones though. They beat him and they beat him. And I believe that the stick got so bloody that they didn't want to pick it up with their bare hands anymore. So then they would hit him with their fist right in the nose, right in the eyes. They beat him to a pulp. One of them probably said, you're not worth fooling with. So they quit. No matter how hard they swung, no matter how hard they hit him, God didn't let one crack in a bone take place. Why? Because the Bible had predicted not one bone in his body would be broken. John 19.36. You guys are welcome to come here. And this is, um, that's been in the office for quite some time. I think it belongs to Crosspoint. But this is um, an idea of the crown of thorns. Um, thank you, Mikey. Now, that's miracle right there. Don't you agree? Because in John 19.36, it did say not one bone in his body. Can you please bring it to John 19.36? Would be broken. That's a miracle. No matter how much evil seems to be in control, God is in control. Evil's power is limited. Evil's time is short. In Revelation 12.12, says of the devil... He knows his time is short, and he is very angry. Folks, we have to understand that no matter how evil the world gets, no matter how painful our life, our trial becomes, it's still limited to what God will allow. Because you see the intensity, just imagine the intensity. They were not giving Jesus love taps. They were trying to kill Jesus with those punches. But not even one bone was broken because it was written down in the Bible. There's many promises in the Bible that is true for us too. We just have to believe it. The providence of God. For what purpose under heaven was the beautiful Son of God subjected to such indignities? Suppose you have a precious dog or cat and it gets run over by some teenage boys. And then you witness it. You see it. And they got out from their car and that precious little animal is dying. And they, and they were laughing. And one of them kicks him and all, they all laugh. And they're just ta- taking a selfie with it and putting it on their TikTok or whatever and Instagram. And then one of their 
throws a rock at him and they all laugh. And another takes a stick and pokes him and pokes him and pokes him. What will you do? You know what I'll do? I'll probably get my AK-47 and then send them to hell right there. Because that was just infuriating. You're going to get so angry. That's really what I would want to do. Now, you realize that I didn't use a child because no one would do that to a child. Right? No one. But the men during the scourging, that's what they did to Jesus. They heard him and they laughed at him. And then they made fun of him. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 53.10, the Lord decided his servant would suffer as a sacrifice to take away the sin and guilt of others. Now the servant will live to see his own descendants. He did everything the Lord had planned. Jesus took it all because Jesus was doing and obeying God's plan. Why? Because of us. All for us. Isaiah's Old Testament Messiah said, I let them beat my back and pull out my beard. I didn't turn aside when they insulted me and spit in my face. Isaiah 56. Um, it's not changing. I guess I didn't turn it on. <laughs> Can you please go to Isaiah 56? Jesus read that when he was a boy. Jesus knew all of this was going to take place. And he said to his disciples in Luke 18.31, Luke 18.31, everything written by the prophets about the Son of Man will come true. He will be mocked, treated spitefully, and spit upon. And he let it happen. Did Jesus have the power to stop it? I believe so. When Peter, when Peter pulled his sword out to rescue Jesus in Gethsemane, Jesus said, put it away. My father has 10,000 angels he could call at any moment to rescue me. That's Matthew 26, 53. Jesus could have stopped this mockery at any time he wanted. He would have, could have stopped the pain if he wanted. And I think he was made a clown in front of strong men. Because, you know, the, those, those guys that are assigned there are trained at war. It was harder to endure than the cross. Because you're being insulted, you're being made fun of, and all that stuff, right? I mean, I, I've heard people say, Sapakin mo na ako, wag mo lang insultin pamilya ko. Hit me, just don't insult my family. Right? But they did this, they did both to Jesus. They, he, now, why did he do it? He did it because it was all for you. The only reason is his patient love. He is still that patient today. Do you realize that? He sees us laugh at him, and he sees us ignore him. He sees us hurt our fellow human beings, and he sees us laugh at our fellow human beings' suffering. Who have you hit with your fist lately? Who have you hit with your gossip lately? 
Who have you hit with your ridicule lately? Who have you laughed at because they were poor? Because they were sick? Because they weren't the same color as you? Who have you hurt? Who are you still hurting? The only reason you are not in hell today is the patient love of Jesus. Amen? Why did Jesus have to suffer so much? Why couldn't God let one Roman sword be plunged through his heart when Peter drew his sword? That would have been just simple, right? Jesus had to suffer at the hands of man to reveal sin and to reveal salvation. Calvary reveals our sins. In all the controversy over Mel Gibson's movie, which is what we're going to watch this Friday, the question is, who killed Jesus? Now, you know, Mel Gibson knew who killed Jesus because there was a scene there, and we'll see it. It was not the Jews, and it was not the Romans alone. We had part in it. In the movie, a hand is shown holding a hammer and lifted up to drive the nails. It is Mel Gibson's hand because it was his hand when they, they filmed it. He says, he and all of us are guilty. Sins like ours are seen on Calvary's hill. So when you see that movie with us on Friday or on, on your own, just remind yourself that all of that suffering was for you. The week before this move, that movie came out, a video camera showed a boy beating another boy on a school bus with his fist and feet. The driver kept on driving. I don't know if you guys remember that. Some kids joined in and threw punches. Others cheered and laughed. Others sat there and did nothing. These were children in modern affluent America. And in them... And in you and me are the sins that butchered Jesus 2,000 years ago. Now, Jesus could have dropped dead at 32 with a heart attack. But that wouldn't mean anything to you and me. He had to die at the hands of sinful men to reveal who we are and who he is. A God who came to earth to pay our sin debt and to show us that we can never do anything to him that will make him stop loving us. The barracks reveal you and me. It took this awful treatment of Christ to show that what love is and how he's going to redeem sinners. I know it's a horrific way to see love, but that was love. It is all love. So the next time you think no one loves you, look at Jesus. The next time you really struggle in your relationship and you feel lonely in your relationship, think of the love that Jesus has given you. And not just the cheesy Hollywood love. It's the love that when he went through that suffering, he was hated. Uh, Isaiah 53, 3-6, it reads, He was hated and rejected His life was filled with sorrow and terrible suffering. We despised him and said, He is a nobody. He suffered and endured great pain for us. He was wounded and crushed because of our sins. By taking our punishment, he made us completely well. All of us were like sheep that had wandered off. 
we had each gone our own way, but the Lord gave him the punishment we deserved. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Now here's a quote from Max Lucado. He says, Jesus looked at the cross and saw hell, but he went there because he would rather go to hell than to go to heaven without us. I think that's a pretty great statement. Now the question here is, have you truly given Jesus your sins? to forgive your life and to change your life and to give control of? Because if you haven't, Jesus is your judge. But if you have, Jesus is your Savior. Now, if you have given your sins to Jesus, why do you still enjoy the same sins that put him on the cross? Folks, Jesus' love was not cheap. You know, when people say, I love you, but there's no action behind it, right? Or they say they love you, but there's something in return that they're expecting. Jesus' love doesn't expect anything back from us, right? Other than us loving him back. Because obedience is the fruit of our love for God. Amen? So when we're praying and we're going through tonight, in your prayers, remember in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, in your hearts that when you hear and when the next time you tell someone Jesus loves them and when you tell yourself Jesus loves you, you think of the horror that he went through because that's how he showed his love for us. He died for us and it wasn't an easy death. It was a long, excruciating pain. Amen? But that is what our Jesus went through. Thank you for your patience. That is our message tonight. Please join me in a word of prayer as we, um, as the music team make their, makes their way up here. I hope that uh, this message solidifies any questions that you may have if Jesus truly loves you. I hope that uh, whenever you look at the cross, it also reminds you of the scourging of Jesus and the shame that he went through in order for us to be with him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your patience for us, your patient love for us. We thank you for taking all those insults, Lord God, that um, was handed over to you. We thank you that up to now, Lord God, you're still patient with us. Up to now, Lord God, you're loving us despite our many failures and our inconsistencies. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for dying for our sins. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. I pray right now that my brothers and sisters, that all of us in this room tonight, Lord God, and everyone hearing this message, message, Father, that our love for you will be revitalized. It will grow. It will change. It will improve, Father. Let it not be just a cheap way of love for you, but a real way to love you that is reflected in our lives not just our words, but in our deeds. Father, may you be pleased with all of us tonight, and may you hear our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.